Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj. All right, welcome to Entrepreneur's Visiting Victor. I am your host, Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day today. We We have an awesome guest. He is an expert at using artificial intelligence tools to accelerate your online business. He is also the best-selling author of Chat GBT Profits. He has a mailing list of over 100,000 subscribers and hosts a podcast with over 250 episodes. He has been running an online business full-time since February of 2010 and is an expert using ChatGBT, MidJourney, Claude, and Leonardo to grow your online business. He helps new entrepreneurs leverage AI to generate real revenue quickly and start replacing their existing nine to five revenue. He has two successful AI training programs, AI Freedom for Entrepreneurs and Fractional AIO for Businesses. So let's welcome Jonathan Green. How are you doing today, Jonathan? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Hey, it's great to have you on. So Jonathan, I'd like to get started by asking you to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, I got fired. Like a lot of people, um, I always thought entrepreneurship's not for me. That's for other people. I kind of found my own way. You know, once you graduate from college, you think that it's going to be easy to find a job, but it's actually a nightmare as people find every year when they graduate that there really is no infrastructure in place because there are so many people graduating from so many colleges that there just aren't enough jobs to go around. So I ended up in education. I had some cool experiences traveling around the world. And at 29, I peaked in my career. There were no more promotions until my boss died. That was the one promotion left. Who knows? She might have had another 30 or 50 years left in there. So maybe I would have never gotten a promotion. And I got fired from that job. It was forced me to reassess. When I got fired, I thought, oh my gosh, people have so much power over you. When you get fired, they can really devastate you. You can use your ability not just to work and make money, but to pay your rent, pay for food, pay for education. You lose so many things. So that really began my entrepreneurial journey, that desire to never let someone have that much power over me ever again. No, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, so basically you really weren't looking to be an entrepreneur. It was kind of forced upon you, you know, um, because you got fired from your last job and you came to realization, you know, wow. Um, they have so much power over you and they just, um, they control where you work or not. They control, you know, what happens to your life, paying rent, paying all these bills, whether you're able to or not. And you decide, you know what, after that, I really don't want someone to have so much control, uh, you know, o- you know, over my life. So, um, so what happened after that, you know, after you say, you know what, I'm going to become an entrepreneur, you know, talk about the beginning of the entrepreneurial journey, you know, how it was in the beginning. Yeah, I had dabbled in entrepreneurial stuff along the way, like played around with building a website or starting a blog and hadn't really made much from it. I just realized that I needed to take it seriously. So I looked at all these online business models and said, where can I make money the fastest? Right. Because a lot of these things, it's like, oh, you'll start making money in six months or nine months or a year. And I started off selling services, I realized, oh my gosh, if I offer to do website stuff for other people, I get paid at the beginning of the month, not the end of the month. The big difference when you're a consultant or any type of external employee is that you get paid before you do anything instead of after. When you work for someone else as an employee, you get paid after you do two weeks of work or a month of work. So 
I wanted to get paid right away. And I began with video marketing services, SEO services. And with the money for my first client, I then went and bought a course on how to do that. So I had no idea what I was doing, but I said, you know what, I've got, I know I can learn. I know the system I want to follow. I just need someone to fund buying that system. And that's what happened. So I did that for about two years, really went from video to just mostly SEO, getting people the top of search results and had a bunch of clients. So it was a little business that was humming along and doing well. And that was really the first phase of my business. And then I transitioned from that into teaching people. So I, then I taught people what I was doing with SEO. Then I taught people how to start their own little business. Things like that is really what I shifted into, which is more scalable. Because when you're dealing with clients, you can only have so many clients at a time. You have to answer the phone. If you want to have more clients, you have to start hiring people and outsourcing and growing the business with a deliverable. But with a course or a book, I can write it once and sell it thousands of times and I don't have an increased incremental cost. So I really transitioned after two years into course and book development and trainings. Okay, very good. So yeah, so in the beginning you dabbled, you know, you did a little work on some websites and blogs and you took him more seriously. And you, you asked yourself, what is the fastest way to make money? You realized it was doing services for other people, like website services, video services. And you realize with that, you could get paid at the beginning. Whereas, as you pointed out, when you're employed, you get paid at the end of the job, so which is a big difference. And you did this for two years, and um, you did pretty well. But then you transitioned into teaching people how to do it. And, and, you, and you, you're right. It's very scalable because you just do it once, whether, you know, it's a course or a book and you just sell it again and again and again and people buy. You only have to do the job once. So you realize the power of scaling. And how, how long ago was it when you started teaching and scaling your uh, services? About 11 years ago now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you've been doing that ever since. And, um, and I guess you've been teaching a lot of people that as well. And um, now, did, were there any in the beginning? Um, you know, I, I still want to stick with the beginning before we move on. Were there any ups and downs? Were there any struggles? Because you know, this is a show about entrepreneurs, and I think some people in there, when they hear all oh, going to be an entrepreneur, they think everything is smooth sailing, everything works well. Were there any struggles in the first year or two before you started achieving that success? Yeah, it's really, really hard. You have two choices when you're building a business. It's either time or money. You know, if you have a bunch of money, you can pay people to do all the work and use their time. I didn't do, have that. So I had to do a lot of work. It was 18 hour days for the first year. Then I lived on my friend's couch for another year and a half before I had enough money to move into an apartment, right? So I was living on the couch in a studio, in a studio apartment. And then eventually two and a half years into my business, I could afford to pay rent and have my own bedroom again. So there's a really long and arduous struggle. There's a lot of people that they look at someone like me or anyone who's doing okay. And they go, oh my gosh, his first idea worked. And I wish my first or my second idea worked. It's not true. Um, it's very, very hard to grow a business. And if you don't, if you go in thinking it's going to be easy, it's so interesting because we'll go to college for four years with the hope of getting an entry-level position, right? And spend hundreds of thousands of dollars, but we won't put in 10 hours a week to starting a new business, right? And we won't kind of treat it as the same type of investment. So it was a huge amount of work. There were a lot of downs and there were some ups, right? Making money is really cool, but then having to deliver, you have clients that are mean to you. 
And it, that never goes away. You always have to deal with stuff. Um, I had a, a client a few years ago who accused me of lying. He was like, you know, why'd you put this thing into the project? This isn't true. This is an insane thing. And I sent him the recording of him telling me to do that exact thing. I was like, that's why I record my phone calls. As I where he goes, oh, never mind. I was like, you accused me of something major that was 100% from you. So you don't know that going in. When you start out, you make these promises to close because you think I have to make the biggest promise to close the sale. So I would say things like I'm available 24-7. Anytime you have a question, call me. And guess what? If you say that to people, they will call you 24-7. They'll call you at 11. They'll call you at 2 in the morning. They'll call you at 6 a.m. And I had one client who would call me all the time. And he's like, how come the work's getting done? I was like, yeah, because I'm always on the phone with you. I was like, you're literally, I said, you, I said, you get a certain number of hours for me a month. I could spend it working on your project or dealing with you. So a lot of that, it's really hard to understand pricing, to understand what your time is worth. One of the most common mistakes people make is that they let their last employer determine what their time is worth. So if you made $36,000 last year, you'll price yourself out and your first year working for yourself, you'll make $36,000 because that's what you think your time is worth. And that was a big lesson for me that took me a year to figure out when someone told me that a year later, I go, oh my gosh, that's why I made so little last year is because I, if I hit $3,000 a month on the first day of that month, I would just take the rest of the month off. I was like, I hit my number for the month. So you have to be hungry for bigger numbers and you have to know that, yeah, it is not easy. One of the big tricks is that you have to tell people it's really easy to get them to buy your course. And then they know it's hard. They won't do it, even though it's not that hard, like compared to anything else, like compared to construction or compared to like a physical job, it's not hard, right? But compared to doing nothing, it's hard. You're going to have just different struggles because it's all on you. With most jobs, the real reason it's good to have a job is that you don't have homework and you get paid even if you do a bad job. You can go to work and do a terrible job and they'll keep paying you until they fire you. So even if you don't do well, you know you're getting paid unless you hit that end point. Whereas if you work for yourself, you can do an amazing job and one thing goes wrong. Um, I've had clients not pay me. I've had people who are extremely wealthy. I've had billionaires short me. I had a billionaire once short me for like $40. It's like, what are you doing? This is nothing to you, but it's the difference between me eating or not this week. And that's was a hard lesson to learn, but that's the truth is that um, you have to... Be ready for that. Be ready for tough months because you can, you'll have these moments where you'll lose a bunch of clients at once and you're just going to have a lot of experiences. And the best thing is it's really important to have like a mentor or someone else in your life who's been doing the same thing and been doing it a little bit longer so they can tell you all of the bad things to watch out for. Everyone who's been in client services and done any type of client work will tell you all the things that can go wrong. And it's in any market. It's even the same thing for like inventors or people that build stuff or people that build statues and artists. It's anyone who creates and gets paid for it. One-off projects, services, deliverables, gardeners will tell you that, you know, there's people that have done massive work for a wedding and then they go, oh, we'll get you the check after the wedding. And then they go, oh, we don't have the full amount. Here's part of it. All of that stuff. And it can be financially devastating for you if you're when you're relying on that. So along the way, you learn what your time is actually worth and it takes a long time to get there. And troublesome clients will always exist. It will never go away. Troublesome projects, but you just have to go through the desert to get to the good part. So 
it's better to go with open eyes. You have to decide that this is what you want and then be willing to do whatever it takes. Like you have to do, you're going to have to take some projects you don't want to take, work with some people you don't like as you build up your reputation, as you build up your skill set, as you get better. And that certainly happened to me when I finally was at the point where I could start firing clients, I felt a lot better. It's really hard to say to a client, hey, my prices are higher now. It's much easier actually to get a new client at the new price point. And that's another lesson you learn along the way. So it was not easy. Um, but at the same time, I had a lot of control. I was in total control of my destiny. And for me, that was worth it. Awesome. That's some very good stuff here. So, you know, you obviously had a lot of uh, struggles and a lot of ups and downs and a lot of you know tough things you had to deal with a lot of struggles, but because you didn't give up and, you know, it was a tough two, two and a half years because, you know, in the beginning you were working 18 and a half hour days. Um, you were living on a French couch. So it obviously, you know, finance was tough, but after about two and a half years, you, you were able to get your own apartment. So that there, things started turning around now, uh, because I guess you, you had your, you had, you had the end goal in mind. You had your eyes fixed on the price. You were, you, you were looking, you know, you knew what good things could happen if you didn't give up. So you were focused on it. You didn't give up. So, so um, great things started happening because I think a lot of people, they give up right before they're about to hit success. And because of that, um, you know, right before they're about to hit success, they are bad thing, you know, they just give up. And I think a lot of people give up right before they're about to hit success because they said they they say, you know what? Oh man, it's not worth it. But you know, I'm sure that temptation probably hits you, but you didn't want to go back to working for someone for having someone control your destiny. And because you did it, now over the last 10 plus years, you've had a really good life. You're making some really good money, great things are happening. And uh you know, and you mentioned something. People let their last employee dictate what their time is worth. So, like you said, if you if you were making thirty six thousand your last job, that's what you think you're going to be doing when you get started. So, and I guess it's like it becomes your financial thermostat. You stick to that financial thermostat you have in your mind. So, like you said, if you were, if it was thirty six thousand, you you made three thousand to begin early on in the month. You were kind of like you know slack off the rest of the month because you didn't think you deserved to make more. So you had to change that. That's something that took some time to change. And um, and you also made the uh, another great thing. No homework at the job. You get paid even if doing a mediocre job. You can do that. You, know, you cannot do that as an entrepreneur because you're not going to get paid. You got to give a lot of value to it. Because like you said, sometimes people won't pay you. So, and that's happened to you a few times. You got stiffed by certain people, including a billionaire. And you're going to have your certain ups and downs and tough months. But as you're going through that, as you get better, you go through the service, you're building a proper foundation. If you build that foundation... In the end, you know, you built that foundation for two, two and a half years. Everything took care of itself. And like you said, get that mentor. That is so crucial. A lot of people try to do this without getting a mentor, but they know what it takes to succeed. They know what to do, what to avoid. And they can save you a lot of time, a lot of hassle, a lot of frustration. Um, if you just tell them, and you know, they tell you, don't do this, don't do that. So they can save you so many years of aggravation than if you try to figure it out on your own. So I definitely agree. Get that mentor. makes It'll make such a big difference. And, you know, you're going to do things in the beginning. You don't like you had to take certain clients you didn't like. But once things get better, once, you're taking, once you start making more money, guess what? You're able to say no to certain clients you don't like. You don't need to take them anymore. You can raise their prices in the beginning. It's hard because you need that cash flow coming in. But once you start making more money, you can raise your price. And you know what? You can make more money with fewer clients. So definitely a lot of good stuff here. Uh, next question is, um, you know, one thing you're big on is you know, AI and, you know, chat GBT. So let's talk a little bit about this, you know. So why would you uh, recommend that 
entrepreneurs start using these AI tools, which has started to become more popular. It's just a technological shift. It's the same thing that happened 20 years ago when we shifted to everyone having websites, right? And it's like you had to, you want to build a business. Um, websites really lowered the barrier to entry, right? You don't have to pay for a store anymore, pay rent. You can just pay for a website and you can have that as a business. Now, the exact same thing, AI is lowering the barrier to entry into more markets. So a lot of the things that used to take me an entire day, I can do in 20 minutes. Tasks that would take me a couple of weeks, I can now do in a couple of hours. So it gives you this ability to use your time more efficiently. Time is your most precious and valuable resource. The faster you can accomplish tasks, the more you can get done. The reason most people fail online, as you alluded to and we talked about, is that they give up a little bit too soon or they lock into an idea that's a bad idea and stay on it too long, which is the opposite version of that. They go, I'm just going to keep trying this. Eventually it'll work. Despite all the evidence, that's a bad idea. They become emotionally invested. The beauty of AI is that it lets you do things so fast. There's not enough time to become emotionally invested. So that's the main reason is that it allows you to do things faster. And it is where everything is going. All technology is moving in this one direction. And if you want to ride the wave, the sooner you get on board, the better. Yeah, and I, you know, I've talked to other people about. They said pretty much by the end of this decade, everyone's going to have to be on AI, or they're going to be left behind because it's it's like the internet thirty years ago. It just, I mean, we've had AI for a lot of years, but you know, it just just recently it's really becoming more and more uh, a big part of everything. I mean, we use it for everything. I mean, for example, you know, your smartphone or Amazon uses AI. I mean, it's it's used for a whole bunch of different things here. Um, Zoom calls. <laughs> I mean, you, you get these, uh, it's just so many things being used for. And like you said, it will lower the barrier to entry. It allows you to use your time more efficiently. Um, I, I, I say this as a big Beatles fan. They just came out of a song, their last one. Um, it was uh, it was taken from a John Lennon song that he uh, sang in the 70s. Um, they couldn't do it in the 90s because the, the, there was a lot of loud noise in the background and they couldn't do the song together, the three remaining Beatles. And then the, uh, the other one of the other Beatles, George Harrison, died about 20 years ago. But because of AI, they were able to get rid of that noise from John Lennon's voice and they were able to put the song together, you know, having the two remaining Beatles sing everything. So that's, that's just one little thing AI can do. So the AI was able to get rid of the noise, which they were not able to do when they got together in the 90s. So I'm like, it, I'm just amazed at just one little thing like that and just like so many other great things it can do. So so I agree. it's uh, It can do so much more for it. And um, so... You know, one of the big one of the, uh, things that are popular is ChatGPT. You know, I've used it some really good stuff here, and I'm I'm just starting to learn, uh, learn, and I, and I love what I see so far. So, what are some of the things people can do with ChatGPT, and what are some of the mistakes they do when using ChatGPT? So the biggest mistake that most people are making is waiting. They're waiting to see which AI is going to come on top, which tools, right? To waiting to see if AI is a fad and. It's not. I'll tell you right now that it's here to stay. It's not one of those technologies. And the problem is that we go through a barrage of technologies that seem hot and then fade out, right? Like everyone was talking about cryptocurrencies, then NFTs, then Web3. Nobody talks about Web3 anymore, right? No one ever even understood what Web3 meant. The only thing I ever heard about, like, you got to buy your Web3 domain. And it's like, then it was all about virtual reality. And guess what? Nobody wants virtual reality. Same thing with 3D TVs. I actually know someone who has a 3D TV. I was like, what do you watch on that? Just Avatar over and over again? They don't make anything in 3D anymore, right? 
all these movie studios went all in on 3D or VR stuff and nobody wants to watch that content, right? Like it's interesting. I know one person with VR stuff. I've never seen them use it. I don't even know if it works. I just saw it on their counter, but, and I didn't even ask to try it. I was like, no, thanks. So there's certain technologies that are really interesting that don't work. Whereas AI is not one of those technologies. It's like the one that's going to stick around because it accelerates everything else. So there are the people who are this kind of waiting to be the late adopters. They're like, oh, I'm going to wait for this technology to shake out and to get really mature. The problem is that those are the people who are going to suffer the most because they have such a disadvantage. How can you catch up to someone who's been learning and mastering a tool for two years when you jump in right when it's like the last minute, right? You've got to, you're the last person sitting on the Titanic saying, no, I think everything's going to be fine. That's the biggest mistake that people are making is that hesitation, that inaction. And there are a lot of people, most people have used ChatGPT zero to one times. They try, they do it never, or they try it once and they go, oh, this isn't for me. This isn't easy. And they really miss the opportunity. That's the biggest mistake people are making. That's why I go on shows like this to spread the word so that people know, doesn't matter which AI tool you use. It could be ChatGPT, it could be Claude, it could be Bing AI. It can be whatever you like. Perplexity is fine. You can even use the Grok AI from Twitter or X, whatever they change the name to, all these tools are out there, but they all work in kind of the same way. And they're all changing how every platform works. The problem is most people don't really know what you mean by AI. They don't really know what it can do. So they just hesitate waiting for someone to make it really easy for them. And they're going to miss the opportunity because the early phase of the market is where the biggest opportunity is. I agree. The biggest opportunity is in the early phase of the market. And uh, you, may, you know, what you said uh, the last couple of minutes just made me think of the quote, he who hesitates is lost. So if you keep waiting and waiting, you're going to fall behind. You're gonna take, it's going to be really hard to catch up to the other people who took advantage of it. And you're right. It does accelerate everything. And um, uh, and I, I know a lot of business have really started to uh, really implement it. Uh, so I know I utilize it, you know, interacting with people sometimes. It's, it's really interesting because of, uh, if if I ask a certain question, ChatGBT, and you ask the same question, we're going to get a slightly different answer, which I thought was pretty cool. It's not going to give us the exact same answer, which uh, I thought was pretty amazing. So, um, again, I, I'm just starting to crack the surface of it myself since the last you know last few months. But uh, I really want to get more involved with the last next six twelve months because I I just it's it's incredible so just a so literally, I've used it. I've, I've been amazed what I've gotten out of it. So I know as I use it more and more, I'm going to get so much more out of it. So I agree with you. You really need to start utilizing it. It's going to help your business so many ways. Uh, next thing I want to ask you is, uh, you know, you've, you've, uh, you know, you got let go when you were fired many years ago during a blizzard. Now you're living in a uh, tropical island in the Pacific. So how how do you manage uh, running, uh, you know, remote uh, running a business from a remote island in the South Pacific. So talk a little bit how it is. Sure. A lot of people kind of freeze their knowledge in the 80s and they go, oh, this is what it costs to live in another country. You know, you must have to do long distance phone calls. And like even members of my family act like they can't message me, but you can send me a text. I get it instantly. I have an American, two American phone numbers. I have a WhatsApp account here. Like it, you can send me a text. We're on a phone call right now. There's no lag. I actually have two high-speed internet connections. We're on my main connection, which is a 600 megabit connection. I have a backup that's 250. There's another one that's a backup that's a satellite that's 100. So even if the power goes down, I can fire up the generator and still have high-speed internet. And that's the first thing is that anywhere in the world you can do, you can work from. 
what a lot of people forget, they think, oh, other countries don't have the internet. America actually has a lower rate of internet penetration than a lot for high-speed internet than a lot of other countries because America's really big. There's huge distances between rural towns, whereas other places are denser. So there's a lot of options. And here, that doesn't even count. There's two 5G cell phone competing networks. So I can go to the beach with my cell phone and get a 500 megabyte download speed, right? Just work on the beach. Now there's some parts of the beach that are slow and some parts that are fast. You have to know where the towers are, but that's the difference is that you have total access. So that's the ease part. The trade-off is that you have to do things. If you want to do live interaction, you have to adjust your schedule. So I do a lot of meetings in the middle of the night for me right now. I do meetings late night, early morning when I'm doing podcasts or if I'm having people on my show, I kind of adapt that time to what time it is in America. So I operate my business based on Eastern time zone in America, because that's where I started the business. But that's a small price to pay. You just kind of build your day around it. So I tend to sleep a little bit at night and then take a nap during the day to get my hours just because I have to work not every night, but a lot of nights kind of have that availability. That's the trade-off. And it's not really a big price to pay for living in paradise and being home for my kids all the time. So that's the trade-off. There's a big opportunity now with how technology works. And of course, where I live, everything is much, much cheaper than America. There's a lot more freedom. There's a lot less pressure. So all of those advantages, the advantages of being an expat combined with technology is really caught up. And it's been over the last 10 years. When I first moved to another island out here, sometimes the air would go out for a couple of days at a time or the power would go down for three days at a time. So I had to build a business that could handle that, that things were done far enough in advance. Now I can just do live streaming. I shoot online videos in 4K all the time. It's like such a difference. So really now, most of those technological barriers to entry, most of those internet speed or costs, all that stuff has disappeared with high-speed internet everywhere. And those prices are only going to go down. Internet's only going to get faster. So all of these things just continue to get easier. So you can run your business from just about anywhere in the world now. I, I agree with you know, the way, with the advance of technology. I think since people, when they were watching Gilligan's Island, they think that's what it is to live in a remote island. But you have everything high-speed, you know, in most advanced things, you know, you get the WhatsApp, you get all kinds of incredible technologies there. So you can interact with anyone. You can send a message. I'll get it immediately. And um, you know, don't have to worry about it. So you know, the only adjustment you have to make is because of the time difference. But you have everything else. So with the way, yeah, you can work for pretty much anywhere around the world now with the way technology is right now. And you're loving your you're loving your lifestyle there. You're able to see your kids all the time. So uh, yeah, you're living the dream life which you always wanted, which I think is awesome. Now, are there any last minute pieces of advice you'd like to leave with our audience? You know, as we're getting close to the end of this interview. Most important thing is to pick a business model that works and stick with it. There are a lot of business models that work. And actually, that's kind of the curse of building an online business is that most online business models work. There's someone doing it. There's someone buying and selling used books. There's someone with an e-commerce store. There's someone who's buying shipping containers full of socks from China and selling them on Amazon. So you're so spoiled for choice that it's very easy to go from idea to idea to idea. The people that fail are the ones who try an idea and then the next month a new idea or they buy a course and they don't finish it. It doesn't matter the price. 90% of people will buy a course and watch 10% of it or less. They don't engage, they, they don't read the whole book and they get excited by the next thing. Don't do that. Pick one thing. The reason that I mostly talk about chat GPT is because that's the one I started with first. That's when I got good at I have accounts with Claude, with Perplexity. I have Harpa AI. I have a bunch of AI tools that I use a little bit, 
but I spend most of my time really achieving mastery with one tool. And that's the thing, right? And it's like, well, then you don't know it doesn't work. You just know that you lost motivation and try. And that's why a lot of people fail. One of my friends who's very successful went through this course. And at the end of the course, you got a certification and tens of thousands of people bought the program. And he was the only person who actually finished all of the exercises. And it was a multi-thousand dollar program. So tens of millions of dollars in transactions, only one person actually got to the finish line. That's how most people are. Most people are very inactive, unfortunately. They don't really want to actually learn something and put in the effort. It's really hard. I'm learning, I just hired a new coach last week to teach me something new. And I, his first question is, how many hours a week do you have to put into it? And they were like, oh, about four. And I was like, I've already put in 20 hours this week. I was like, I can't imagine. Maybe once it gets humming along and all the systems that are built, but there's a lot of process to things and it takes time to get a machine set up. So you just have to know that it can take a year to master a new skill and it can take all that time to get it working and try it. And some parts will work for you and some parts won't. That's all part of this process. So you just have to pick one thing that you know works and then stick with it until it actually makes money. Most people give up too soon. They don't actually try the thing. They don't post the ad. They don't send the email or they're just jumping from idea to idea to idea. They're excited by this, excited by that, excited by this. And they're all really disparate. And the problem is you only have so much focus, right? You only have however many hours a day, that's how much focus you have. Let's say you have eight hours a day to put into your business. If you're just building a blog, great. You have 100% of your time going into a blog. You're going to get that result as fast as possible. If you decide you're going to do blogging and start a podcast, now you've cut that time in half. So now getting to your goal is going to take twice as long before you succeed with either of them. Every time you add something, that time between now and success gets longer and longer and longer. So that's the mistake a lot of people make is just trying a lot of ideas. You just have to try one and stick with it until it works. That's how you'll achieve success. No, I agree. Try one thing, pick a business model, stick with it. Too many people try so many things at once and yeah, they fall into the trap of multitasking. They think they can multitask. We, weren't, we cannot multitask. We cannot get fully focus on one thing at a time because when you're multitasking, you're going back and forth and you lose a lot of concentration, a lot of momentum, and your productivity goes way down. So, and your, the way you explained it made a lot of sense. So, don't be a jack of all trades, uh, make money with none of them. Master one thing, make money with it, and then you can always add the second one later on, but not don't do it all at once. And like I said, everyone tries to rush through things. They they just get it. They 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 skip the steps. It's like following a recipe. If you, if you skip steps in the recipe, the cake's gonna come out horrible. You gotta follow all the steps. So like in the course, like you said, most of you only watch ten to twenty percent of the course. You mentioned the guy who went through the certification. He was the only one who went through it and got it. No one else did because a lot of people just don't want to follow through. And you need to follow through to have that success. So, and, and be patient. It takes a while sometimes to get that success, but if you, if you persevere, you will get that success. So definitely a lot of great stuff. Yeah. So Jonathan, I want to thank you so much for being on the show. It's a real pleasure having you on. You share a lot of great value, a lot of great tips, and uh, definitely appreciate all that you shared on this show. And if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you? Yep. The best thing is to search for serve no master. Every single search result is me. My website serve master.com. And I've got tons of amazing tools to help you launch your online business all for free right on the homepage. Awesome. Thanks again. Have yourself a great day, Jonathan. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.